The WBEN All Local. All Local. Produced by Randy Bushover. A daily look at what's happening in Buffalo, Western New York, and the world. I'm Susan Rose. I'm Brian Mazurowski. Beautiful weather outside today. Partly cloudy right now, 55 degrees in Buffalo. Marking the one-year anniversary of the top shooting this coming Sunday. Here's WBEN's Brayton Wilson. Western New York nurseries and garden centers have hanging baskets flying off the shelves before Mother's Day week. We'll get back to that. This Sunday marks one year since evil cast its dark cloak over the East Buffalo community. An individual who the mayor stated is not from this area drove to the Buffalo to the Tops Market. He was very heavily armed. He had tactical gear. He had a camera that he was live streaming what he was doing. A total of 13 people were shot today. 10 deceased at the scene and three sustained that appears to be non-life-threatening injuries at that point. That was Buffalo Police Commissioner Joseph Germalia just hours after the racially motivated mass shooting at the Tops Friendly Market on Jefferson Avenue. In the days and weeks following the shooting, organizations like Feed More Western New York sprung into action, partnering with other organizations to provide East Buffalo with the food and goods people needed that were made unavailable after the shooting shut down a central source of essentials in the community. We mobilized alongside Erie County the City of Buffalo, Resource Council of Western New York, the Johnny B. Wiley Pavilion, and we were holding multi-day distributions each week where community members could come and pick up those emergency food boxes as well as fresh produce items along with those household items in order to help them during the time of those temporary closure of Tops Friendly Markets. That's Catherine Schick from Feedmore Western New York. Nearly a year after the shooting on 514, East Buffalo community activist Eva Doyle says she doesn't know if her community will ever be the same, but knows at one point they will have to move on and come together. As it pertains to a future home for a permanent memorial to honor and remember the 10 lives lost on 514, Doyle says whatever is decided upon should be done with the sensitivity of the families in mind. I think we need to have that as soon as we can so that we never forget and we remember what happened on Jefferson Avenue on May 14, 2022. Be sure to check out more of our special four-part podcast series looking back at the racially motivated attack in East Buffalo, including our in-depth interviews with Doyle and Schick, as well as Buffalo Mayor Byron Brown. It will all culminate in a two-hour on-air special Sunday morning, 514 Remembered, running from 8 to 10 a.m. on WBEN. Brayton Wilson, WBEN.com News. Brayton, thank you. Two days before the anniversary of the Tops shooting, a wrongful death lawsuit been filed in state Supreme Court. It alleges that social media companies provided platforms that fed the mass shooter violent racist content while maximizing advertising revenue. The lawsuit is being brought on behalf of the families of three victims, Andre McNeil, Catherine Massey, and Hayward Patterson, also survivor Letitia Rogers, who was working at Tops and called 911 during the attack. Six social media platforms and streaming services are targeted in the suit including RMA Armaments, an Iowa-based body armor manufacturer, Vintage Firearms, a gun store in New York, Mean LLC, a Georgia-based custom gun accessories manufacturer, as well as Peyton Gendron's parents. The shooter live-streamed the attack on Twitch. Even after it was stopped, it was reposted on multiple online platforms, including Facebook and Reddit. The suit comes one day after the state attorney general filed a lawsuit against a gun accessory manufacturer. And we'll have more on that coming up uh, in just about 25 minutes right here on WBEM. 
Other news, the end of Title 42. An Arizona mayor demanding the White House declare an emergency along the border. Yuma Mayor Doug Nichols says his community is being impacted by a surge in migrant numbers and that today U.S. Customs and Border Protection agents have notified him they're starting to release processed migrants into the community because they can't hold any more. He wants an emergency declaration from President Biden in a letter to the White House saying... A full response by FEMA and the National Guard like they would in any other disaster where they provide boots on the ground for housing, food. He says his community is left dealing with men, women, and families arriving without food, housing, or able to legally work. Alex Stone, EBC News. The Cannabis Control Board approved 10 new conditional cannabis licenses yesterday for Western New York, bringing the total number to 14. The number of conditional adult-use retail dispensary licenses issued statewide is now 215, but of that number... Only 10 legal pot stores have opened across New York, none here in western New York. And uh, not any indication that's going to change anytime soon. 5.07 now on WBEN. The Bills last night releasing their 2023 schedule, a moment a lot of people uh, wait for throughout the offseason. The season begins on Monday night, September 11th. Buffalo travels to take on the Jets, the home opener, just uh, under a week later, Sunday, September 17th against Las Vegas at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And the Bills have a good number of uh, earlier season home games this year, something I think a lot of people are going to be happy to see. The team has two appearances on Sunday night football. Two, I, it, we went over a decade without ever being on right. Sunday night. We were two appearances on Sunday night football, two on Monday night football, plus a Thursday night game. A Saturday night game on December 23rd, which is a new one, and their trip to London that will kick off at 9.30 a.m. our time. They also have a number of 4.30 kickoffs later in the season. In fact, uh, four straight weeks. They go two months without kicking off at 1 o'clock between yeah. October and and December. It's pretty wild. It, and one o'clock used to be the entire schedule. Right. <laughs> but now it's uh, going to be a long time. Uh, they have a one o'clock game at New England at the end of October. And then it's all the way you have to go to December against New England again, one o'clock, uh, December 31st on New Year's Eve. So fun schedule. You can uh, see it over at WBEN.com. We'll be talking about it with Sal Capaccio a little bit later on this morning. Yeah. And the bye week. Is the latest that I've ever seen for this team in December. Very late. Very late, which I don't know. Again, I, that's a good question Maybe for Sal. If that's a good thing or a bad thing. You always like kind of think, well, middle of the season, right? Uh, but maybe, you know, end of the season, then get ready for the playoff run. I tell you what's nice, bye week, and then right after, Kansas City. So you got an extra week to prepare nice. for the Chiefs, which uh, will be pretty nice. That Kansas City matchup Sunday, December 10th. 4.30 in the afternoon. A Western New York native is part of a big-name movie coming out today. Here's WBEN's Tom Puckett. William Fickner tells WBEN's David Bellavia about how he learned about the film Hypnotic. The way the story goes, I was in Australia, which is at the height of COVID and not an easy place to be with all the lockdowns. And then I was getting on the plane and my agent said, hey, by the way, I'm going to send you a script. It's a Rob, Robert Rodriguez film. And I said, do I have to read it? Because I'm telling you right now, I'm in. Fickner says it took two years for the film to be released, not because of problems, but director Robert Rodriguez was also working on the latest Spy Kids movie. I've seen the film once. 
I went down to Austin, the South by Southwest, and saw a screening of it. And um, I was, you know, I don't like watching myself that much, but I was, I really loved seeing the film. Anyone who knows Fickner knows he's a big Buffalo Bills fan. Fickner considers himself an eternal optimist. Do I think the Bills are going to be the best next year? You bet I do. Um, I, I just, I can't live any other way. It's just everything to me is, I, I'm just, all support. That's it. That's it. Fickner tells David Bellavia he plans to be in Western New York today for the movie's release. Hear the full conversation online. Tom Puckett, WBEN.com News. Hey, pretty cool to I, have a big name from Buffalo right. in a pretty big movie. I actually saw the trailer, and it looks really good, if you like a thriller. All right, so there you go, the thriller fans out there today. The exclusive WBEN Sev Weather Forecast calls for a beautiful start to our Friday. Mostly sunny skies, but thin clouds will start to filter through as temperatures rise into the mid and upper 70s. Lakeshore communities will be a little bit cooler with that southwest wind at around 15 miles an hour. And through the Niagara frontier, potentially seeing the 80 degree mark. There is a slight chance to see a shower to Friday night, mainly across the southern tier. And on Saturday, we'll have a mix of sun and clouds and temperatures remaining in the lower 70s. For Sunday, Mother's Day, it is a cooler one, but without any rain, highs will be in the low 60s. With your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Autumn Lewandowski. Reverend Mark Blue is with us this morning on WBEN, chair of the 514 Memorial Commission. Buffalo's in an unwanted spotlight this weekend, Reverend. It's almost one year since the top shooting. I know you headed the Survivors Fund Committee. You're heading this Memorial Commission. You're also a pastor. You're seen as a healer. How would you describe the work that you've been doing for almost a year? Uh, one of the things that has happened, and I want to thank you for allowing me to be on the show. Uh, it's a slow process. Uh, it's something that you cannot uh, just rush and do. But we have to take each individual uh, one at a time in and, and the whole entire circumstance. Uh, it's a daunting task. Uh, no one has ever wanted to be in the position uh, of this with such a tragedy that has occurred in our community. But we take it one step at a day, one, one step at a time, uh, one day at a time, uh, and one person at a time uh, to help provide the necessary healing uh, that is needed in, a, in circumstances such as this. You were chair or our chair of this 514 Memorial Commission. You're looking at ways to continue to honor those lives lost. You were also a big part in helping distribute funds, millions of dollars raised in the weeks and months post 514 for the victims, for families, for people directly impacted. That had to have been a very tough process, uh, Mark. What can you tell us about the difference, though? that those funds have made already? Well, one of the things uh, that I can say is that no one ever wanted to be in this position. But I, I do feel that uh, the funds can never make anybody whole, but it can just help in the healing process. Uh, I've known individuals that have uh, used uh, the opportunity to help become better advocates uh, in, in what has happened to bring more healing and more light uh, into the situation of food disparities and health equities and some of the great things that have been happening for the last 50 years in East Buffalo. So uh, I believe that it has made an uh, impact. It has helped, 
but it can never make anyone whole uh, from a life that has been lost or a traumatic situation uh, for the families and uh, the survivors. And we don't talk enough about the survivors, the survivors of this tragedy. Uh, there are still people who cannot uh, live a, a normal life, uh, as we call it. They're still dealing with uh, the trauma, and rightly so. Um, there's survivor's guilt, and that's something that will uh, continue to take a lifetime to even help to heal and to overcome. You know, we spoke earlier this week with a survivor, a, a former worker at the store, who not only is not working at the store anymore, but she can't even go near the store. Is, is enough being done to help them at this point? One of the things that, that uh, the resilience, the resource center uh, is used to help in that uh, type of tragedy. Um, is there, is there enough? Uh, and the question is, is there ever enough? Because everybody has different needs. Uh, everybody is dealing with this uh, in their own way and it's real. So I, I wish there could be more. Uh, I wish the event never happened, but we're dealing in uncharted territory uh, in health and mental health uh, and well-being. So I, to ask and to honestly say, is there enough being done? Uh, I think a lot more can be done. But then you ask the question, how can we help? Because there are so many variables uh, in disparities and so many variables uh, in mental health uh, that people are going through. Uh, I wish there was some type of uh, magic wand to eliminate it. But based on the needs of individuals, you know, we have to be, uh, we have to work as to their needs. So I don't know. That's an, un, an unanswerable question. I hope more can happen, but we're, we're dealing with it one day at a time. This weekend is going to bring up a, a lot of emotion throughout Western New York, but especially amongst those directly connected. What do you plan on doing this weekend? How do you think you'll feel? Well, um, I'm very raw. Uh, I'm still upset. I'm still saying why this had to happen in our community. Um, but I will be taking part in some panel discussions, um, one with clergy, which will take place at 12 o'clock at the MANA uh, Northland Workforce Training Center. I will be uh, visiting Johnny B. Wally uh, on tomorrow. I will be taking part in the observance on Sunday uh, at TOPS at 2 p.m. and uh, participating in the service that will be at the Elam Christian Fellowship Church on Sunday uh, as well. So uh, I will be visible to help uh, in any way that I can, uh, just to be a uh, voice and a presence of support. So it, it's um, my feelings are all over the place. And every time I, I look at the tragedy of Tops, I even think about my tragedy of me losing my father as a young child. So uh, it doesn't just deal with... Uh, the tops incident. This brings back traumatic situations in everyone's life uh, from uh, the experience, prior experiences that they've had. Uh, Mark, a, a permanent memorial to the victims. Where 
are you in that process? One of the things I want to just share with everyone, uh, there is a website called 514memorial.com, and we will be updating that website uh, on a continual basis uh, to let people know what's going on and to help in the process of participation. Uh, We will be having uh, surveys that will be given out throughout the community, and we will also be having a community meeting on the 13th of June at the Mikowski School, and that will be in the evening. That will also be posted. That's also posted right now on that website, 514memorial.com. We feel that it's going to be important for the community to be a part of the process. Uh, We don't know where the location is going to be uh, specifically right now. Uh, We don't have any designs on how the monument is going to look right now, but we realize that we only have one opportunity to get this right. So we will be calling on the community uh, to be a part of the process and uh, taking input as well. All right. Uh, Mark, thank you so much for joining us this morning, and uh, good luck throughout this weekend. Mark Blue is chair of the 514 Memorial Commission. That's the WBEN All Local. All new episodes are made available each weekday morning, produced by the award-winning WBEN Newsroom.